Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. episode 15 below the belt we are back twice in a week yes i know i know we had a crowbar in one in last week for the one year anniversary that's true uh, but we've got spoiling these bitches man yeah we are we are but we oh, have a no special podcast this week it's two this is the second one flav <laughs> they were recorded week. last week there you go when it's we make a promise I when we really say we're going to do more podcasts we stick to our promises we're really involved there's no <laughs> yeah yeah there's no hype for this we back up what we say so you heard flav there you've heard cow we've also got tea what's up uh, Alex is here as well, but we've got the returning Mark Butcher. The guy. The king. Thank you, Thank you very much. Don't call it a comeback. I've been here for years. <laughs> oh. <laughs> episode one and episode 15. 15. Yeah. It's good. Every 15 I'm back. Yeah, so, so uh, Mark, seeing as you're back, uh, we wanted to uh, mention a couple of the articles that you've had recently. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one being in January's uh, issue you did with the top 10 British prospects, is that fair to say? Yeah, top 10 uh, British and Irish, top 10 US and overseas. So what we try and do is get a mix of fighters, some you've heard of, some under the radar people, some you know, kind of obscure people from around the globe, people to look out for in the year. So obviously so far we've had Javonte Davis and Ray Vargas have both won mm-hmm. world titles within two months, it's good. I think the one definitely to look out for is uh, Ericsson Lubin, former US amateur standout, who is uh, fighting on the Furman Garcia undercard. And yeah. this, this is a kid who, who's got everything. So with any luck, he's a guy that you're going to see make major inroads at £154 in the next year or so. Well, I think we've, we've seen a bit of Jumondi Davis and, and Ray Vargas now, obviously, because they've been, they've been in fights that have been quite well publicised, whether it's against a Brit or on, on, um, on a big undercard. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about um, Ericsson Lubin? Is it, what, yeah. what can we type of expect... Yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that he's, he's, he's very fluid. He's got, you know, great jab, great skill, great, you know, height. You know, 
he can, you know, he can match up with anyone at, at 154. You know, when we, we, we talk about someone like Errol Spence, who's so heavily hyped, he's Spence possibly beyond Spence. You know, he's that good. And when he turned pro at 18, the uh, US uh, Amateur Boxing Federation, uh, USA Boxing, were absolutely in bits because he was their lot for a gold medal. Mm -hmm. But he turned pro uh, with Mike Tyson's Iron Mike Productions, which is now defunct. And they kind of, he was intrigued by the whole uh, Iron Mike sort of persona, so he turned pro uh, early. But what he's done, he's fought very good opposition on the way. He's not really fought many tomato cans, he's fought at a good level. And now this is a, I think it's a WBC eliminator uh, against uh, Cotter, I think, who's a, a, a decent punching Mexican. Okay, and so what, what's his uh, record so far? Oh God, I haven't got. Let me. All right, okay. It's probably about twenty-one and zero or something like that. And, and was it the, the right decision to turn pro so young? It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not usual for a, an American to turn pro. Yeah. Oh, well, when you have someone turning pro, you often get this. If you get someone who turns pro at eighteen, and you're fighting a twenty-nine-year-old, even if they're a journeyman, you've got someone with man strength, and you've got someone for all their natural ability. Sometimes it can be too much. Mm. At a lower level, you see that with someone like Boy Jones Jr just approaching 20, yeah. he fights Poxton, and, and literally it's a guy who's just fully grown. With someone like Lubin, with that amount of talent, it doesn't it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So that's, that's three guys that you said from overseas, should we call it, mm. in terms of um, Lubin, Davison, and Vargas. Who would you pick for your, your British best British prospect? I think they're all people everyone knows about. I mean, everyone knows about Josh Taylor. Mm -hmm. Andrew Selby's the one I like, because I think with his amateur pedigree, you could drop him into a world title fight at any point. And he's gonna. He, he is probably gonna win the world title, depending mm -hmm. on who the opponent is, or he's at least gonna look at that level. He's so good, and I think when you box WSB, which is you know fighting the best amateur fighters, and you've achieved what he's done at amateur level, um, you know he can just go straight in. He's he's got that uh, you know that level of ability, and he's he's so quick. You know, great footwork. The only danger he has is sometimes maybe overconfidence staying yeah. in the pocket a little bit too long against the better opponents that's the one thing he has to watch out for cool okay not, not bundles or stoppages either with Andrew Selby is no it? and it doesn't tend to be a, a flyaway you know you do get some people who are you know killers like Estrada in the past and obviously Gonzalez as he moved up mm. cumulatively but you don't tend to get though in the lower weights you don't take I mean there is one who's in our prospect list uh, Dago Higa, the Japanese, and he's uh, 11 and 0, I think with 11 KOs, and yeah. he's, he's just a machine who comes forward and walks through people. So he's a guy who's got a great shot of winning a, a title at flyweight. But usually, uh, there tends to be more of a skill element involved. Fair enough. Okay. Well, from British prospects to two very well-known uh, British competitors, we've got David Hay against Tony Bowie <laughs> uh, this coming Saturday. So I thought, I thought we'd do, because there's five of us here, mm -hmm. so we'll get everyone some even time to, to talk about it. So it's been a, it's been a I was going to say it's a long time coming, there was a lot of hype around it after the Bellew and BJ Flores fight, you know, with him trying to climb out the ring like he did against Cleverly and that type <laughs> of thing, which is, we all have our opinions on that. But T, it's, it's come around now, what's, what's your thoughts on it? Competitive, freak show? What do you um, think? No, it's not competitive at all, and um, Chris Leakes was in our pod a couple of episodes ago, I think he tweeted a... a um, a picture from Sky Sports showing it's 55-45 in Hayes' favour. That just shows how well they've sold the fight that it's um, mm. even going to be competitive. Um, I think the promotion has been a bit OTT. I mean, the fight's already sold out. It sells itself. Why go through all the rigmarole of you know, having press conferences of all the bad things being said in it? But 
I still think it's going to be fairly one-sided. Was it something that couldn't really be avoided with, with people like, someone like Tony Bowie yeah, and someone like David Hayes? I mean, um, Bowie was volatile, he's very well supported, as we saw in the Liverpool press conference, so I guess it's to be expected. Flav, what's your thoughts? Um, I, I, I think Hayes is going to smash him to bits, absolutely destroy him. Uh, it's a, a complete no contest. It, it shouldn't even have happened again. It, <laughs> the the uh, Golovkin uh, and Brooks, oh, yeah. and Brooks shouldn't have happened. Canelo through Khan shouldn't have happened. Th- these fights happen because money can be made. Hay again for about the fifth time in his career has been drawn into a fight he shouldn't be involved in. Mm-hmm. He got he got inv- he got involved with Harrison where he, you know he was leagues beyond him. Involved with Chisora leagues beyond him. None, none none of these are interesting fights for boxing fans. They're interesting fights for casuals, and that's why they're happening. That's why this is a box office fight. It is, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah uh, th- There's no way that Tony Bellew should be involved in a heavyweight box office fight in any any realms of reality, but it is, and it's happening, and, and, and so be it. And I'm really interested, and I'm excited for it, despite all of the interests, uh, despite all the reservations I have. In terms of the fight, um, obviously, I, I still... Uh, Bo- Hayes fought three rounds in four years, so there is that. Um, I, I think that, um, that, ultimately, the fact that he has 10 centimetres reach advantage on Bellew means that Bellew has to get in uh, which means he's, he's likely to be caught mm-hmm. uh, and when he gets caught he's done uh, or, or uh, Hayes remains one of the best finishers I- in boxing and I hope and I think uh, just one final point, point. when um, when they're standing if it gets to a point where, where, where they have to stand off each other uh, and, and it isn't just Bellew rushing in trying to smother him um, there's going to be a point where where Bellew has to use his footwork in order to get <coughs> within ten centimeters of, uh, of of Hayes' right hand, and um, that's when we're going to see Hay destroy him because it's perfect for Hay, mm-hmm. and and uh, and Hay's arrogance and confidence is uh, is is somewhat distasteful at times, but I, I think it's warranted in this instance. It's interesting though, Mark, isn't it? Don't you think, with the as, as Flav described there, in terms of if you were to look at it in black and white, these these people were faceless people and with no personalities and just just numbers on a page. You think, hold on a minute, what 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 even is this? But there is intrigue, there is interest about it, um, you know. And I'm and I'm interested. I'm, I'm I mean I'm not going to watch it. Unfortunately, I'm going to be on a plane as it goes. But you know, I'm, I've still been hyped about this fight because there is a there is a there's an element of interest to it. Yeah, I mean I would. I give Bellew more chance than most, though I don't think he'll win. I mean, I would counter a lot of the praise for Hay by saying, you know, what is David Hay's best heavyweight win? You could argue it's possibly Chisora. I mean, he beat uh, John Ruiz at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. Audley Harrison, who was out, you know, outgunned that match. A freak show in, in Valoev. Yeah, yeah. Barrett, who, who wasn't up to much at the point at that point in time. Chisora, he was gassing at that point, and I think that, that represents Bellew's best chance because as you go into the second half of the fight, Hay, through frustration or stamina issues, that is his best chance. Unfortunately, with Bellew, he always gets drawn into a fight. You know, as, as well as, he, as articulate as he talks, in the heat of the moment when the mists descend, if there's a chance for a rumble, he will rumble. And if he engages with Hay, especially early, you know, it, it, it doesn't look good for him. I mean, I think the first round will be dangerous. It's getting through that first round. I can see maybe second, third, Bellew creeping in and then maybe Hay closing it in the fourth. That said, you know, Hay's had a lot of injuries. Uh, as, as Flav said, it's four and a half years, less than three rounds against nondescript opposition. 
you know, he is not the hay of old, but equally someone with that, you know, reach advantage and obviously that, you know, great finishing power against Bellew who will rumble. <coughs> it doesn't look good <coughs> for Bellew. I mean, a lot's been said about the gap between between Hayes' last meaningful fight. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, majority of us are not counting those last two those last two as any type of test cow. I mean, mm-hmm. do you give any credence to that? Do you think that that's something that Bellew will be able to take advantage of the fact that he's not been actually hit in the face? I, I however think, many years it's yeah been. I think I think there's there's always a chance uh, a fighter of uh, Hayes age Hayes, Hayes 36 he's yeah. 36 he's got the same brother as my birthday as well I remember he's uh, he's 36 now so um, there's always that chance that he could age overnight but I just think we've had with Bellew Bellew was dropped it was funny we were talking about the Oval McKenzie fights the other night and I think I think Bellew was going to try and box the way he boxed Oval McKenzie try and try and look, go with the jab and try and jab and just try and get it late but I think uh, what's happened with that, he was dropped with over McKenzie at light heavyweight. He was dropped by, what's the chap he beat the one for the title? Was it Makubu or something yeah, like that? Yeah, Makubu. Yeah. Thank you. Um, he got dropped by him. He's now moving up to heavyweight. David Hazer, like you mentioned, Flav, is an exceptional finisher. He's an exceptional puncher. Um, I think he gets rid of him inside four rounds. Um, I think what happens is Michael Rosenthal, he writes for Ring Magazine, he wrote an article some time ago, did an editorial, I think he's the editor there. He did, did an editorial and he said, we all get caught, caught so much in the hype, but when you're making a prediction, go on your gut. Whatever, go on skill and go on your gut. And whatever you feel in the beginning, stick with that, double down. Yeah. We all get caught up, we all think, oh, well, well, maybe, maybe, maybe. No, no. Hayes faster, he hits harder, he's more skilled, he's beat better people. Um... He's achieved more. Easy work. There is an old adage in boxing that might have gone a bit out of parlance now, but it's called a good big and always beats a good little one. And mm-hmm. he, it takes an exceptional smaller fighter yeah. like a, a Mayweather against a Canelo. I know obviously mm-hmm. Canelo had, uh, had, uh, had a catch weight or, or Pacquiao against the Cotter, but you were talking elite level fighters. Bellu is a, is a good cruiserweight. He's not the best cruiserweight in the world. That's Usyk. But I, 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 you know, I think that adage holds true, that, and, you, and you, sh- you should always look at that. And that the fact is, you know, hey, though the size, you know, is very similar, he has been campaigning at heavyweight for a long time at, at a good level, and and, and Belly, this is just a leap into the unknown, and he's got to hope he survives that that early blast mm-hmm. from hey. The irony also is what you said is that he's what he will do is get drawn into a fight. He will do yeah. his best chance is also to, to get drawn into a brawl and catch hate. Well, that's it. Yeah, he can, he chin. Can. I know he's never been stopped, but he's ha- his chin is is. It, well, he was stopped against uh, Carl Thompson. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, but he he was stopped by Gassin. It was like he, he was like he, he, in five rounds become half the human being that he was before he entered the ring. But it wasn't from a major blow. We've all had those nights. Half a human being. Honestly, I didn't think I'd make this podcast when I woke up this morning. <laughs> so uh, yeah, but I, I also the, the, this is and, and this this plays into the fact that Pelly has very little chance, in my opinion. It's almost like a puncher's chance, and he, he isn't that much of a puncher. He has to get into a, some sort of brawl on the inside with Hay because he isn't going to be able to do it on the outside. That's that's my gut feeling. But if he does hurt Hay for chance, you know, Hay. If you read the the features we had in the in the previous boxing monthly in February, it's quite incredible. You've got Hay so confident that literally has to turn up, and you've got you've got Bellew saying, "Yeah, I could get knocked out in a round." It's very, you read those two features and. and and you do feel, you know, you feel very strongly for Hay. But if Bellew can hurt Hay, if he can surprise him in those early rounds, what will go through Hay's mind? Because mm-hmm. 
though he is a talent, I think he's an unfulfilled talent to a great degree, and he is a bully. He's an on-top fighter. So if it goes a little bit against it, you know, it'll be interesting to see if that happens. My main concern is if it is a one-man blowout and people have paid their sixteen ninety-five, uh, they might, you know, they, they might feel the money could have been better spent. So I hope that it, it does live up to the hype uh, and and people get their money's worth. Well, you've talked you've talked about the hype, Mark. I mean. We've seen the press conferences this week, so it was an open to the public press conference on Tuesday, was it? I think it was. On Tuesday. Monday or Tuesday, yeah. Always a mistake. in London. Always a mistake. Want to finish your mouthful first if we can? It's always a mistake to have an open um, press conference. Yeah. Why? What? Because that. it was so in a, a territorial because type of the thing. Because the biggest remedials come out to, uh, to, to try and wind people up. Yeah. They weren't interested in what the boxers were saying. No. They didn't give a shit whether. Uh, there was a reason why Hay and Ahara Davis got as wound up as they are. They're not. O'Hara Davis is mouthy. Really sorry, Kenny. But do you think uh, O'Hara? Do you not think that O'Hara Davis and Tony Bellew um, and David Hayes have come because? And part of this whole public uh, press conference is that there's going to be that back and forth. It makes it. It's deliberate. It makes it more. Yeah, the cameras are flashing. The cameras are going. It sells more. Of course, it's deliberate. But uh, what I saw in that wasn't for me as a boxing fan. When I saw David Hay losing his call and screaming your mum at someone. Or the what undoubtedly I, I think inside me know were racist comments being shouted out. Um, that isn't helpful to boxing. That shows boxing is followed by fucking pricks when it isn't. There's a lot of in this room discerning human beings who understand the sport and, and, and appreciate it for the art that it is and also the, the, the horrible thing it is at times. Um, but what this does is, it, 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 as you say, it enables box office sales and, and I think that's kind of, it's a wider subject and a bigger subject. T, do you think that... Uh, David Hay and O'Hara Davis got wound up or is their plan to be going there and and, and acting in the way that they acted? Personally, Mark retweeted a tweet from O'Hara Davis and I think someone sent a message on WhatsApp saying I don't think what you said was, was really the thing to do. He should be a bit more humble but O'Hara Davis had is that early in his career he had no support no one had anything to do with him. He said, look, you know, this, this, is, um, this is almost like almost it's show business, paraphrasing. You know, I've got to, I've got to say stuff to get me noticed and all the rest of it. So, I mean, the benefits are Howard Davis. More people know who he is now. Um, David Hay, I think David Hay loves a light, <coughs> loves a limelight anyway. And um, I think um, the benefit of the press conference wasn't for the hardcore fans. It's more for the people no. who might who are on the fence about buying the fight. Yeah. You know, and um, I think I I, I think um, Belly will go rounds. Mm. For one, Hay will carry him because mm-hmm. Hay does that. Hay doesn't, Hay doesn't knock anyone out early. Who's after he's in a long time. And two, Belly was such a stubborn bastard. He won't stay down. I completely agree. I think and my sorry, go on, I, and I don't think Hay will knock him clean out. No. Not many people do at that level. No. So I think uh, I, I agree. I actually think um, I think Hay will win. I think he'll end up winning relative, you know, comfortably. But um, I, th- I think Belly will make it. Tough. I think there'll be a moment in the fight where he thinks, God, what am I doing here, really? Um, but I, I don't think Bowie's stupid. I think him and Dave Caldwell will have sat down and, and know the type of fight this is, the type of situation it is, and, and what he's up against. And, and you know, and, and, and Dave Caldwell, with, without whatever you think of him, has, has proven in the last couple of years that he can sit down and think of a, of a tactical way to go about a fight, whether that comes off or not. Who knows? And, he's and not had a good month, though, is he? No, he's not had a good month. But you know, Gavin McDonald, which we'll get onto shortly, you know, put up a 
put up a good show. But there's there's there'll be moments in that fight which will not go as the way that many expect. But uh, Hay will eventually come out on top. Is, is my thoughts about. Well, one final thing I saw from from listening to David, um, sorry, uh, Tony Bellew talk about uh, David Hay's Arsenal. He's been really contra, contra um, contrary. No, no, no. He's been he's he's, uh, he's been very positive oh. about about what about Hay, Hay what Hay can do. <laughs> Uh, which is kind of refreshing. It's kind of like almost humble. I understand what I'm up against, kind of thing. But he was talking over and over again about right, Hayes' right hand, his lead, uh, his lead right, or his his, um, his straight right. And I was listening to him. And I was thinking, I hope that isn't what they're concentrating on, hmm. because you've seen Hay knock people down with a, a, a left hook, a lead left hook, uh, um, uh, shots to the body. He's got so much. He's got uh, uh, immense punch diversity, and and um, I just. I would say I hope. I mean, I hope he gets knocked out. That's what I hope. I mean, I'm still a David Hay, massive David Hay fan. So you know, what? it's funny because I've really, really, really warned to Tony Bellew in the last and since um, since the BJ Flores fight, actually, um, before the Maccabi fight. You know, I was I was quite. I thought it might be quite funny if he lost at Goodison Park. But then when he won, I was like, actually, that's actually pretty. Cool. I love the description of Flores uh, of, as a belly as of as Hayes nightclub wingman. Yeah, <laughs> it's a wonderful description someone had on online. It's the only scene in boxer I've seen get his knob out uh, in a way in quite openly. But uh, yeah, I, I think um, his social circle is odd. It is odd. It's yeah. very strange. Yeah, uh, and we've seen him. You know, his, his training for this has been on a yacht. You know, with, uh, with Shane McGuigan and, and Dizzy and... And Joe Fournier. Yeah, you know, so, like I said, I think... Um, it, it's funny, we met, we've talked about the press conference. It's becoming a little bit of a pattern for Matchroom. This whole kind of, uh, you know, massive controversy with, with Hearn in the middle, you know, eventually trying to stop it, but, you know, almost laughing his way through through it. I mean, do we think this is... They, they try to take a moral high ground at times, but do we think that's a bit contradictory now? Well, I think... Um Boxing and UFC are borrowing more and more from, from wrestling. In terms of the way that they promote fights and stuff. And um, How do you feel about that? Things change. Things change. It's not, it's not worth me saying it's going to be like it was back in the day where fighters are shaking hands and they're talking amicably before a fight. You know, they need to, there has to be some kind of narrative. And both these guys are popular and unpopular. Loads of people hate them both. Loads of people love them both. Mm-hmm. And... I, if this fight, if the blue-up part of our incident, it wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't be normal. And um, I, I just think it's just part and parcel of it now. Yeah, I think for me, it really depends if it's staged or not. I mean, it's always been in boxing. When you, uh, Ali and Fraser, I think before the second fight, yeah. they they wrestled during a talk show. For Fraser, it was very real. It was serious. Ali was messing around. But if it's been staged where both people know what they're going to do, and it's obviously you've got a 24-hour rolling advert on Sky Sports News with maybe four mentions an hour of buy this, buy this, buy this, and eventually it, it just goes in people's system and, and they buy. I mean, it's, it's a great marketing tool. Um, but yeah, Is it I, good for boxers, do you think, Mark? I, I think, uh, as, I'm obviously, I'm a uh, Chisora, I like Chisora a lot, but I think... When you have things like that, that is detrimental to boxing when it goes to that unsavory level because, you know, at some point it will go too far, people can get hurt, you know, there can be crowd issues. We've had things at press conferences before and uh, I, I don't like it pandering to the lowest common denominator and I, I think you do have that nouveau football fan that watches football, claims to be a supporter of a side but never has the time to go to see them but will spend the equivalent ticket money in a pub saying how much that they love them and 
that's the sort of market they're pandering to, and that is the pay-per-view market. That the sort of more uh, discerning fan will maybe pick and choose cards on their merits. Mm. I think Eddie Hearn knows he's got the boxing fans by the bollocks, doesn't he? He mm. knows he's got us all by the bollocks, and he knows we're all going to buy it anyway. But like you said, Mark, he's he's pandering to that lowest common denominator. He wants football fans now. He wants general sports fans. He doesn't really want boxing fans. He knows we're going to buy it anyway. Um, but he's been quite open about that fact of the fact yeah. that there's a market out there for boxing that it might not have reached in the last, you know, in in, in relatively recent history. Before you know, before. Matram and, and, and Sky came together. I mean, it's, I think he's been quite open about that fact. Yeah, but yeah no, it's, it's absolutely, yeah, and you're absolutely right. He has been quite open about it. Um, it's, it's still true. I think I, I said it a couple of pods ago. I'm going to say it again. Um, in football, um, if loads of players get into a ruckus, the club are fined, aren't they? Players are out of control. At some point, you've got. A, it's we have to stop pulling the guys, the guys from Islington, the, the guys from Hackney, in the room with the British board, and pull Mr. Hearn in front of the board and ask him to keep his press conferences under control. I think that has to happen at some point. Instead of us keep pulling the boxes while Eddie Hearn sits there and counts his money, let's have him in front of the board. Well, he he can't control individuals, and, and, and you know, particularly someone like uh, Chisori's emotional sort of character. He was being baited by Dillian White. What was good about Hearn, he did pay 25000 yeah. he did pay Chisora's uh, fine. And yeah, look, I mean, I think obviously Eddie Hearn is great for boxing because the flip side is we have the early 2000s where boxing is completely out of the public eye. You've got fights in leisure centres, you've got Tony Oakey rumbling for WBU <laughs> titles. And, and the whole sport dwindled and, and, and the, the love of boxing was lost. I think, yeah, sometimes the hype can go too far. Yeah, we're not going to be singing Sweet Caroline at the O2 Arena or somewhere, but it is far better than the alternative. And one thing that Ed, Ed Robinson said to me before was like, if the fight's you know, not good, then you don't need to buy it. You know, if it's not good, and you know, if you want to buy it, you buy it. You know. The thing is, is that all the extra people who are taking interest in it, one of them might want to be a boxer, and they might be the best in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit like um, in music, in hip hop, they sample old school music. And some people might say, oh, you know, you're all doing is ripping old songs off. Or some people might say, you know, I want to dig deeper into older music and get more interest. So obviously you're going to get a, you're going to get a groundswell of people who probably aren't good for boxing. But there's going to be a lot of people who's like, you know what, boxing isn't that bad. And you don't have like you don't have to get caught up or offended by it all. You don't. No. You know, mm. like it's it's you know it's a, it's a press conference. The fights yeah. we still get to watch the fight. You just if you don't like this aspect of boxing and it's a part that earns a lot of money, then. And so be it. It's yeah. not the words, it's the physical actions, I think. You know, the threatening aspects. Wor words is all part and parcel of the yeah, hype. Yeah, yeah. The, fight, the fighters are, the fighters are um, emotional beings. I, I think it's hard to blame Trezorro for being... Yeah. Because his default position is, I'm going to smash your face in. Yeah. Because he's built that way, because he's learned to punch other people in the face. But also, he's, he's, a, proper, he's a proper that, street guy, Trezorro. You know, on the cobbles, as we say in boxing. He is probably one of the most dangerous men, you know, in the country. Oh you yeah, know? yeah. And, and you, you know, would not want to rock with him on the street. I mean, he did. When I interviewed him a couple of years ago, some people actually burgled his home, four or five guys. And uh, I said, "Oh, what do you do, Dale Boy?" He said, "I took care of them." And you, know, <laughs> yeah. and, and you just imagine you break into a home, and then you just see. Chisora on a futon grinning in the moonlight. <laughs> what, must, what, must, what must you think yeah. of all the people? <laughs> Chips to the waist. Let's start to move on. I would, would say just very briefly on the undercard. So we've got Sam Eggington against Paulie. 
Hmm. I mean, that, I think that's actually a really good fight. I'm really look. I'm not. Why? Because I, I, I think there's intrigue to it. I like, I like Eggington. I want to see if he can make that slight step up against someone who's a slight, who's classier, who's, who's a far better boxer. Yeah. You know, and I, I like this whole kind of puncher against the. I think there's a chance that that Paulie could do a, you know, uh, a tire. Uh, is it tire? No, it was skeet. It was skeet, wasn't it? Could yeah. do a skeet on him. Um, but I think Paulie's shot to bits. I don't think Paulie's anything win. at 147 either. Is no, that where it's yeah. taking place? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have I got it wrong? Yeah. No, he's not going to win. Yeah, but oh, I don't think he'll win. He's shot to bits. His arms are short as well. There's still, I, I think there's there's some nice intrigue there. And so you've got so you've got Eggington and Amanda, and also you've got O'Hara against um, against Matthews. Derry Matthews. Quick prediction on on that because I think that's I think that's that's a fun I want fight. I want O'Hara to win. So do I. Yeah. Yeah. So do I. Derry shot to bits. O'Hara is going to be. Yeah. I mean, O'Hara was one of our prospects for the year, and I think the one thing is, if he does lose this, it could be his Mitchell Smith moment because mm. he's given it large on social media. Yeah. Uh, Derry is at the end of his career. Obviously, he's at 140 for the first time, and, and uh, yeah, that's going to suit O'Hara. O'Hara is very, very strong at that weight, so you'd think Davis via decision, but a, a plucky effort. What's going on with Mitchell Smith now? We've Adam Booth now. Yeah, 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 and so I mean, he just he, the things he was coming out with, he was the next big thing, and, and I think he got, you know, he felt really humbled by that because he got easily schooled by Josh yeah. Chubb so he's on the rebuild but with they're Davis they're a rematch aren't they uh, I, think I think it's happening is it happening yeah. well, I, well, I I mean, why wouldn't you if you were your job you know, well, Jupp fought Burchell who obviously become, you know, become yeah. uh, WBC mm. champion subsequently and you know Burchell's a real murderer from mm. Mexico so you know that was really being thrown in but with Davis you know it's great to talk that way if you can back it up. He's never yeah. lost as an amateur pro, but obviously he's not fought elite opposition yet. So I hope he can do, because I think he's a good story. And then we've got Selby and just some 10-rounder. Mm. I mean, what's... It's just... It's just a ticking over fight. Yeah. Yeah. People who are listening to this can't see uh, the cow's dismissive, dismissive hand. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, feel, I feel really sorry for Lee Selby. He's really fucked, strange. He's been fucked around with opponents, people not missing weight, injured, yeah. etc. I feel bad for him, but I don't give a shit about it. Yeah, fight Josh Warren, that'd be interesting. Well, fight Joshua. Well, <laughs> yeah. Josh, I mean, Josh Warrington obviously now is with you know uh, Warren and on, yeah. on BT Sport. I think he was offered that fight a few times, didn't want it yeah, for yeah. obvious reasons because Selby, I think, would have schooled yeah. um, Josh Warrington. Well, let's let's wrap this this kind of first half up then and, and go with give me a prediction on on Hay Bell. You give me a round and give me a <laughs> give me a round. Give come me, on, so come on. has no chance. Go, well, that's, that's what I mean. So let's go. Let's go hey, specific. Hay in round eight. Hey, hey. Yeah. Oh, that's a big yeah, shout. Nice I'd say hey in 11 seconds. <laughs> no, uh, hey in three. Matt? Uh, I'll go for hey in four, but I'd like to be wrong because I, I do like Bellew. Okay. Pick my round. I was going to say four. I'll no, say four. five just to be different. But I did initially pick four. What, what happens if we... Bellew in one. Wow. Well, what no. happens if we... Hey, hey in six, I think. Get five points on a fantasy league. Yes. Is that what it is? So get your get your stuff in the fantasy league because uh, the both, champ is here. I've got both mine right last time. Are you doing a right Leicester job of the championship this year, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I um I missed the last one, didn't I? <laughs> so well, so I've got some catching up to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll have a we'll have a quick break there, and then we'll come back and we will discuss other boxing stuff. Good. Welcome back. Second half below the belt. So we talked about Hey Bellew. And we talked about the press conferences and stuff, and we talked about this, these kind of word, the war of words that we have between uh, between boxes. Now it seems that they have to kind of sell some type of narrative. And we had uh, we had a discussion earlier in the week about pre-fight, you know, boasting, threats, that type of stuff. 
And we'll talk about some of our favourite memories of that. And so I wanted to share that. T, what's, what sort of memories have you yeah, got of I, those types of moments? I started a thread on Reddit about what are the worst things some a trainer or a boxer has said before a fight. Okay. And what no one said in that thread was club a fucking lang. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, come over and show you real, man. I mean, yeah, yeah, enlighten yeah. us for the people that, that might not know. Everyone's seen Rocky Three, surely. Yeah. Rocky Three is the, I mean, the unveiling of the statue, isn't it? It's the yeah. worst and greatest of it all the And Hulk Hogan's it in it. Yeah. Is he in that? Thunderlips. Thunderlips, yeah. Right at the beginning. It's an amazing because Mr. T is, is his real name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Club Lang is, is, is the best opponent in all of it. I know yeah, Apollo yeah, Creed was great. And um, he, Ivan Drago, yeah. he was great. I love the bit, the, the, the montage where he's juicing and they actually yeah, yeah. show him putting injections in yeah, his yeah. arm. <laughs> like, this is what you're up against. But Clubber Lang, for me, is my favourite um, opponent. Why are we talking about this? Because um, what he said before the fight. Oh, yeah, yeah, come over here and... <laughs> show you real man, you know. That's... It's like those, you know that meme on the internet where you've got this uh, ginormous um, Afro-American man with a bald head and he slaps the arse of... Uh, of, yeah. your, of your missus yeah. uh, uh, as you walk so imagine you're with your missus yeah. and this ginormous guy just slaps her ass and goes essentially what are you going to do about yeah. it <laughs> what do you do you, you slap his ass you got to fight him you've got to fight him you've got to fight him got to I'd fight him I wouldn't I didn't see it so I'd, go, I'd say go with him <laughs> I'm looking at my girlfriend's a little bit gobby so she'd probably give him what for it away but I would yeah mine would too actually I think I don't think I'd be needed I'd just go sorry yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, your no, ass is in the way of your hand. You absolutely fucking cut. Love, get out of the way. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Flub, flub the cuck. Yeah, yeah. The testosterone levels of this podcast. Every day, flubbed it. You <laughs> like? Oh, you like what you said? And then no, just honestly, around. the stuff I'm into, I'm probably not one out later. <laughs> <laughs> um, Go to a dark place now. Let, let's carry on. But I've sort of. I mean, the pre-fight posts, I think, um, what's in the news recently is what um, Garcia's always mentioned about um, Berman. Oh, man. You know, the racist stuff. And then oh, he kind of said, well, you know, I've had, I've had relations with black women, so I'm not a racist. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Dude. You know, I just, I just think, turn, I mean, what's, what's that all about, you know? We'll get to Garcia further in a bit. But, uh, yeah. Mark, what about you? Have you got uh, any particular pre-fight or kind of post-press conference memories of where you think, blimey, that is, uh, that's going above and beyond? Nothing really, nothing really springs to mind. I used to like Eubanks' arrogance, which got the Ben fight. You yeah. know, and he would, he would go in the, after the fight. He would just look in there, pose in front of the camera, yeah. and say, "I am the man, and will remain the man until I am beaten." And you go to Ambrose Mendy, Mendy, your boy is mine. Like that. <laughs> that's great, and it's, it's a way of getting those fights. And I think with Bellew, which he admitted in the Boxing Monthly feature, you know, he is you know, wound high up to get this fight. You know, because it's a fight that none of us particularly wanted to see. Mm. Now we all want to see it. Yeah. So that's the great you know, showmanship of it all, isn't it? Cam, any in particular? I mean, we've got, we've got a couple, don't know, Ali and Fraser, you know. Yeah, that was, that was again, that was, yeah, that was really distasteful again. And uh, I think one of the ones that you've story. noted down here on the run are all relatively distasteful, actually. Yeah, got yeah, Tyson yeah. eating Lennox on board, children, but Ali features, Fraser. I'm not the biggest Mike Tyson fan at all. I'm for I'm forever arguing with my brothers about Mike Tyson because he love they love him and I'm like, who's he fucking being? Casuals. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. And um, but that speech where he says he's not Alexander, I'm Alexander, and then he talks, oh, I want to eat, I want your heart, I want to eat his children, and the praise be to Allah bit, I, it just added something to it. It was fucking immense. 
and uh, it was such a great speech and it was uh, the guys in their background made it even better it was like trading places it was like yeah yeah in the background it was amazing quality <laughs> speech yeah. there is actually one thing I remembered uh, when Razor Ruddock was fighting Mike Tyson for the second time they had this bizarre video link where Ruddock's in a suit in the studio and Mike Tyson is in sunglasses wearing a garish Sergio Tacchini tracksuit saying I come out of bed with girls to fight you. <laughs> oh, you're sweet, kiss me with those big lips. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, I remember like watching it thinking, what's happening? You know, yeah. I was probably 18, 19 years old, not privy to this world before. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just very, very strange. Video link press conferences are the best. Do you remember when Eubank and Billy J. Saunders did their, their one? Because they were desperate to try and do a press conference because yeah. Eubank either wouldn't turn up or Billy Joe had to go out and lose some weight. Uh, and uh, they tried to do the press conference with Billy Joe via Skype, and just the delay on it, it was Frank trying to do like the mm. most professional job he could do, and it was horrific. It was like one of those things you see in an interview on the radio, and it's like someone's got a delay of 15 seconds, and everyone's talking over each other. The best video link of all time, and I'm sure Mark will remember this too, was Nigel Ben and you back yeah. and James, and James fucking Tony. Fucking hell, <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah. Fucking You've had them both so there's James Tony on, on is that, who was standing next to James Tony? Another, Wasn't it on like Jonathan Ross or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And James Tony was next to a, uh, 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 sitting next to a, a ring. Right. And there was someone with him. Okay. And basically he was just saying, I'll take your souls, both of you, you, you you're fucking dead. So I beat you in your mama's ass. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and Nigel Ben and, and Mubek were just sitting there going, yeah, he fucking would as well. To be fair, Ben was seething. Ben was like, what? Yeah. They're, both, they're both like saying, you know, Tony's a really good fighter and all the rest of it. Listen, oh, I'll beat you in your mama's ass. Yeah. I actually think Tony lost to um, Michael Nunn shortly after that as well. Yeah. Uh, no, Tony beat my, uh, Michael Nunn. Oh, fuck, yeah, he lost, Tony, to, lost to Tony. Sorry, lost to Tony. Tony. The, the, the yeah. interesting one with Tony is, obviously, he's fighting Dave Tiberi, who was just a, n a no-mark kind of fringe contender, and Tony was so dead at the weight. I think it's probably for the IBF middleweight title, and most people thought Tiberi won. Uh, mm. I think there was a documentary made afterwards, but that's one shit worth checking. And one thing with Tony, good fighter, but make him wait. Yeah. It will always give you a chance. If you're at the right time where he can't make 160, 168, you've got a chance. Uh, uh, he could have been one of the greats. Oh, he's an excellent. I, mean, I, I saw him uh, on that prize fighter at York Hall. Oh, God. Uh, oh, man. And it was, it, it, was, it was good. It was kind of the Johnny Tapia moment where you get this great faded fighter mm. appearing at uh, York Hall and everyone was applauding. But, you know, he was an absolute shell. He couldn't yeah. sustain anything for three rounds. Yeah. And he won the first fight impressively. In the second one, I think Jason Gavin beat him. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going, woo, woo! <laughs> was, it, was it after the Michael Nunn fight when James Tony said, I'm going to Burger King? Yeah, Dan Goosen's behind him. He's like, yeah. You, 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 we've all read Dark Trade, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That, so much of that book is about uh, James, James Tony, and that's why yeah. I've got such an affection for him because yeah. that, that gives you an insight into what he was and and what he had around him and the difficulties that he had. And you're surprised that he actually managed managed to have a career for so long. That the weight thing for me, whenever I see uh, a, a trainer struggling, uh, sorry, a, a boxer struggling with weight, it isn't because. They're not ill disciplined. They're all disciplined. It's just their life. It's the, what the pressures they have around them, and how they they cope with what they have to do day in day out. So training and fighting isn't. It, it is forty percent of a boxer's life. The sixty percent have to deal with all the other shit. And I think it's a shame actually when we have to watch a fighter like James Tony go through what he did. It is, and, yeah. what, and, and what we're seeing with Tyson Fury now, he would. I mm. mean, he could be the greatest heavyweight on the planet now if it wasn't for the fact that he just wants to be chips to deal with the fact that I don't know what he's dealing with but it's something heavy 
Can I give you mine? Oh, do you go on. I was going to say, um, Tony actually from Michigan, like Mayweather, and he fought, and he actually even fought Randy Couture in the MMA. Oh, yeah, yeah, he did. So yeah. maybe he's showing um, Mayweather how it should be done. Obviously not fight, because the fight was fucking dreadful. It was over in two minutes. Got on board, tapped out, but... Yeah. <laughs> but a lot of them have tried that and lost. You've had people like Ray Mercer. Ray Mercer, yeah. And they yeah. go in there, and then they just get done. Um, but it, everything is, you know, dependent on what rules it's held under. Under the boxing match, obviously, uh, Mayweather wins easily in the MMA match. Obviously, McGregor wins easily. Yeah. Yeah. So Flav, give, uh, give us yours. So it's not, bo- it's not a boxing match. It's just Tyson going off on that journalist. That's just what I want to talk It was pre-fight, so what, what, it counts. Pre-fight, yeah. He, he just... What, I can't even remember what he said. Please, someone... I'm going to fuck you till you love me. Yeah. I'll fuck you till you love me. Little white pussy, I think, was yeah, thrown yeah. in there you, as well. You can't last... Like that one. You can't last a minute in my world. Yeah, that was it. Bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, also, I also enjoyed uh, <laughs> Ben Rod Hopkins digging... Cal Zaggy. saying, I'll never lose to a white boy. That was that was good as well. So I... I love all this. I, lo- I love the build-up. I love the build-up if it's genuine between two fighters who have a chance of each other. Um, and the mind games are so important at that level. You see Mayweather's skill uh, at, at kind of undermining an opponent in Hatton. Hatton was never going to beat Mayweather, in my opinion. He didn't. Do you really know the mad thing about it? I remember listening on the radio and they had all these sort of half, you know, half-cut Mancunians oh yeah, Hatton's going to win. And it was person after person, Hatton's going to win. And I remember listening to that thinking, how? How is he going to win? But every they, it was like, yeah, he's going to win. He's going to win. He's going to win. And it it was just they they drummed it into their heads he was going to win. But you just couldn't see on, on what criteria does he mm. win this fight. They saw him hit that body belt going ah, ah, ah and that was enough. It, it got me a little. But bit. you know, H- Hatton at one forty when he was often against smaller people, w- w- you know, was was a beast. But uh, he was always fighting smaller people, so he was kind of built up that way. Good fighter. But fun, exciting. Fun fight. Well, interesting you should say that because Steve Lott, who was part of the Mike Tyson camp, never says Mike Tyson is a great heavyweight, but he says correctly, I, I feel, the most exciting fighter of all time. And, no. I, yeah. and I think that's what you peg Tyson is because he, he transcended the sport, but he brought pure excitement where you never knew what was going to happen. And, that, and, that's, and that, that's why Mayweather was so good because he wasn't, he isn't exciting, no. but still transcended. And that, that's how good he was. Yeah. I think For Americans, sure. I think Americans and, and particularly African Americans are great at this smack talk stuff. We, we mentioned Bernard Hopkins, James Tony, Floyd Mayweather. You know, they're all African Americans, and it's because it's a part of their it's a part of their upbringing and a part of their culture to smack talk. It's it's part of hip hop as well coming up. It's about of smack talk, jive talking. It's something that's been throughout their culture for a long, long time. In basketball games, NBA games, that's yeah. how you wind people up, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, uh, Draymond Green the other night. He was oh, giving God, it yeah, to Paul, Paul Pierce. Pierce yeah. It's just something that's in the fabric and of African-American In white life. culture, we've got dominant court playing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> beefy. Beefy both of them giving it, uh, giving it some large. But what, what made you laugh about Bernard Hopkins? He's been out of prison for like over 20 years. He says, yeah, this is prison shit. This is prison shit. You know what I mean? He probably like a dinner under his fucking door, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like in a fucking jail cell. So look, <laughs> dinner at the fucking Table, no, under my door. I'm in prison. I need that mentality. They asked him, you know, why did he say that about guys? He said, Oh, it's prison shit, man. Yeah, prison shit. Yeah. What are you doing? Puts a mirror through the letterbox when the postman comes. What's yeah. <laughs> <Fuck is> that? <laughs> got, got, a definitely, shack, got a shack in his gloves. It yeah. definitely adds stuff to it, doesn't it? I mean, and there's two, you know, two guys where it hasn't been a huge amount of um. Uh, back and forth, but there's been a little bit in in uh, Danny Garcia and, and Keith Berman that we've got coming up as well. dad, really. Well, we said you've had Danny Garcia saying that Keith Furman doesn't even come in the top five people that he's fought. 
which I found quite amusing. I really like but, that uh, Garcia. Yeah. He, he's so softly spoken and he comes across so well and he just leaves it to Dad. Go on, Dad, you go. Yeah, but, he, but he is everything that his daddy is. Oh, yeah, he is. It, in my opinion. Yeah. But Did you see the Mark Kriegel Showtime Yes, interview? I did. I watched it last night. Uh, no. it, really, it really shows Garcia in a different light and the fact that, you know, he is kind of a shrinking violet and his dad took over and his dad has, you know, his parenting leaves a lot to be desired. But I agree with you, Flap. I think... Garcia is complicit because if my dad was sort of saying that, I, I would be like, no, no, you know, because what what Gar Angel Garcia did was beyond the pale. To go to that level was very sh very shocking. We live in a time where language is policed too much, I believe. But this was a time where that needed to be stopped. Yeah. They needed to have the microphone taken off of him because mm. it was. Well, you saw incendiary. It was incendiary. And Furman is a mellow guy. Had he not been, he would have been perfectly entitled to, sort of, to, twitch him, to, yeah. to, to sort of take it further. To twitch him. Twitch. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you, saw, you, saw, you saw, saw Mayweather do it to his dad in the Robert Guerrero fight. Mm. You know, Ruben Guerrero and Floyd Sr. were really going at it. And Floyd, was, Floyd Jr. was like, stop it, stop it, stop it. And Danny Garcia can do that too, you know. He, he, you know. I mean, Guerrero's dad is exactly the same. With, with, with Floyd Sr., Floyd Sr. is just mad. You know, I remember interviewing him in the early 2000s. He was wearing like a, a gold lame shell suit or something like that. <laughs> nice. He's, I don't, he's, he's just completely nuts. Whereas with Guerrero's dad and also Garcia's dad, they just are too extreme, I think, in what they say. Mm. T, yeah. tell us something that isn't talking about Mayweather because Cal's getting a hard one. <laughs> well, um, I think Garcia's going to pull it off. By that. This mm. reminds me of the Matisse fight. Yeah. Because no one gave um, Garcia a chance. Couldn't agree more. And um, I think uh, I think Matisse, is it Matisse or Matisse? Anyway, he did um, did Peterson in that three rounds and just absolutely destroyed him. And they, they, they panned to Garcia and he looked absolutely shit scared. The memes. Yeah. But um, I've just got a feeling that Garcia's going to pull out. He's just got this kind of, um, he's got this content, he's got this thing where he just focuses himself on a fight and he just, but I'd love to see him fight Khan again on, on, on a separate note. But I think, I think Garcia's going to win. So you think, I mean, is it fair to say that who takes this is, is, is number one at 147? I mean, we've got WB, WBC no. and a WB... Um, uh, is it WBA? It is WBA, isn't it, Keith? Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, I'd, I'd put Khan, you know, Brooke, sorry, Brooke and Pacquiao uh, yep. ahead of these two. Uh, I mean, as, as long as, you know, Brooke can stay at 147, I, 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 I think he's a real monster uh, that way. And you know, when you look at Pacquiao and what he did to Jesse Vargas, you would put Pacquiao with Garcia and Furman and expect him to win pretty convincingly. Yeah, um, I, I agree with T. I, I also fancy Garcia to win. I just think he really? has the big, the big yeah. fight experience. I'm quite shocked that the odds are so heavily in favour of Furman. But Furman, I am. I'm really. I Furman's nip against Porter, and I, 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 I'm not. Completely sold on. Was Porter. he nip and tuck against Paul? I mean, I thought he the, was in control for the he majority won, but, of it. Uh, but you know, it was still competitive, more yeah. competitive than maybe I, okay. I expected it to be. Yeah, it was definitely competitive, but I kind of felt that Furman was always ahead. Mm. I think he started quite well, and he was always always ahead of Porter. Porter had his moments, and he hurt him to the body, like Louis Collazzo hurt Furman to the body as well. Um, so I just I, don't think Sean Porter's as good as, as perhaps oh, no. we all no. thought. No, no, I agree. Be. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Don't, I don't think he's, he's, he's that stellar, to be honest. No, yeah. I think he went... And, and the gatekeeper, isn't it, really? Brooke mm. did a great job on, on Porter. It was quite close in the card, but Brooke did a great job on him. It probably yeah. won eight rounds to four, nine to three, no, something Brooke, like that. Brooke he was really, really good. I'd slightly disagree with you on uh, having Brooke above the winner of this fight. 
I think the winner of this fight is probably above Brook, just because Brook's been dining out of mantries for a little while now. The Porter fight yeah, was pretty good. You I know. guess what I'm saying, who I think is better, but if you are going on the opposition, and as, as you say, if Garcia adds Furman to that position, then yeah, you know, the opposition is beating Yurtz. Yeah, but would you, would you say then, so say, all right, that whoever wins this fight perhaps doesn't necessarily go to, to number one spot, but first of all, we've got, you know, two champions fighting each other, two un, un, unbeaten records, 33 and 0 and 27 and 0 going and it's, against it's, each it's, other. It mirrors uh, Hearns versus Leonard, of course, when mm -hmm. he had the WB. And uh, unbeaten records as, as well. So there's a nice, obviously, neither of those two fighters live up to, to her. So would you say, so if Brooke beats, so say, let's say, let's say Garcia beats Furman and Brooke beats um, Spence, mm. would you still put Brooke above um, uh, Garcia? Garcia? Yeah, I, I, I really rate Brooke, to yeah. be honest. And uh, I, I, I also think, given the fight will be in England, I would fancy uh, Brooke to beat. Spence. You really? you know, I, I think as T mentioned in a, in a previous pod, could be a, a, a Jeff Lacey moment. Though obviously mm -hmm. Spence is, is better than that, but I think people underestimate how dangerous Brook is. At 147, he's a monster at 147. Monster. But is he really? I mean, my, my only issue with, with the Brook, and I've said it on, on previous podcasts, is that you know they keep telling us how he can't, you know, before, whilst the Golovkin fight was going on, he can't do 147. He, he shouldn't really be doing 147. He can't do it. So there, there must be some. I was going to say there must be some substance to that. Whether I'm just you know, naive enough to, to think that it's it's that simple. But if he does weigh in at one four seven, if he gets under that, that that threshold, then he is a monster. We've seen it. Mm. Yeah. But against someone like Spence, who could maybe who can take. I mean, Brooks not had to do anything in terms of like you say, he's been done and out on on mandatories for for a while. He's not had to do anything. Spence Some, could something that Carl said um, about Garcia. Probably a Brook as well. He fights at the level of his opposition. Mm -hmm. So, you know, someone like Carl Brook is someone who, based on his, on his career so far, he's not above Garcia and Thurman, but based on ability, maybe him and, pa him and Pacquiao are probably the best of the weight in terms of ability. Yeah. But the only way this is answered is if they fight each other, and Touchwood, the winner of both the fights we've mentioned, fight each other. And, 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 and Touchwood, the, the loser of both, fight yeah. each other, because all of those fights are fucking great, and this is what fucking frustrates me about Amir Khan. Is, uh, uh, are we going to talk about it? Yeah, we're, 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 let's talk about it. We're talking about welterweight division in general now. So, yeah, it also bottom. depends how emphatic it is. Because, I mean, if, if Furman blows Garcia out in, in, in four rounds, or say, for instance, then he's entitled to call himself the best of the way. But I think we're all foreseeing that this is going to go 12 rounds. Yeah. It'll be quite nip yeah. and tuck. And there will be a robbery for some, as every 12-rounder is now. I think one thing I think bodes in its favour, particularly for the division as a whole, you've got someone like Kelbrook who has, has said, <clears throat> you know, everyone expects him to get to go up, but he hasn't because he said, I don't want to, I don't want to give up this belt. You know, a huge amount He's of credit. Should, it, yeah, uh, granted, but also there should be a huge amount of credit going to, to Brook for taking this fight because he doesn't, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to. Yeah, I know, but he could still have vacated, no, which I is agree, what, which I is what they were, were telling him to do. I, well, sorry, I just finished um, my point. I just think that you know you've got Kelbrook saying I don't want to give up the IBF. You've got everyone in in this in this weight division in terms of Pacquiao, Brook, <coughs> Furman, Bradley, Garcia, Spence. Hopefully, they're not really going anywhere. So you know, there's 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 opportunities for these fights as long as as long as people you know and true to their word. That's the key about not going anywhere because they could. I mean, Brook could piss about with exhibition fights as as Khan is doing. Like, no one's interested in Khan, and people are interested in Khan and Pacquiao, right? But they. They, they shouldn't be. Khan had so many fights that could have defined his career and he could have been there amongst, even if he'd lost a couple, been there amongst the very best in British boxing history. But what he chose to do is piss about. And what Brooke has done, all right, he had that, I was, I was pissed off at that 
the, the, the fight against Golovkin because it, it was it was a freakish fight that was, he should never have been in the ring with. But he's backed down. The fact that he's taken the Errol Spence fight is is important to me and 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 puts him back in firmly in my heart as one of the boxers I, I, I want to see win because Errol Spence doesn't pose a great deal of value to it, money wise. It's mm. a great fight for us, mm-hmm. a great fight for us, but it isn't a great fight for the football fan or the casual mm. fan. Well, it might be because if they do it at Bramall Lane, they're going to get a lot of people there. It'll but, be on box office, but, so he's still going to make some money. Yeah, that's... he will. He will, but it isn't. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. not. It yeah. isn't. It isn't the, the easy sell that Bellew is. Point. It isn't the sell that Golovkin is. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't have to take this very, no, very dangerous fight against one of the most, the, the big, one of the biggest prospects in boxing at the moment, and and, and it, like you say, uh, T about the uh, Jeff Lacey thing. Jeff Lacey came over to fight Calzaghe and we were thinking, this guy's got power in abundance. Uh, Calzaghe's never fought anyone as ferocious as him. And Calzaghe's schooled him in, in a way that I've never seen a boxing match going all my life at that level. It was brutal. It landed a thousand punches to the guy's face in 12 rounds. It was sick. It was fucking, and I know, I know he slaps. I know there's kind of, there's issues with eight punches, but the fact is, Landing gloves for a thousand times in a, a guy's face is, is, is madness. No, it's, it's ridiculous. The, the, the quick point I'm going to make is that um, if Carl Brook drops a belt, he has no negotiating power. So he was never really going to drop that belt. Yeah. He, he'd rather kill himself to defend it than I'm going to fight at 154. Because then if he goes to 154, he say, Well, who the fuck are you? Yeah, I don't need yeah. to fight you. I'm not going to. Whoever fights, I don't know, if one of the Charlas fights him. Yeah. Not gonna make much money from it. I'd love to see those. One is one of the charges. Yeah, one, one, one's yeah. Still up, yeah. So it's a really strong division one five four, and in but it isn't. A, it's not a sexy division. It's not. No. Yeah, and Paulie Malinaji yeah. said it after the Golovkin fight, the Kelbrook Golovkin fight. He yeah. said it's a strong division, but there's no stars there, and that was a great way to put it um, because it is such a strong division. I, I agree with. I agree with you, Vlad. I think it's. I think huge credit to Kelbrook for taking this fight. A lot of people are giving him grief online, are giving people that are giving him praise grief online. Mm-hmm. Really fucking weird. Um, that's the internet. It is, it's strange. He deserves credit because he could have gone to 154. He could have dicked about and had a little, little arm um, getting used to the weight fight. You know, I thought probably the Khan fight might happen at 150, but Khan clearly doesn't want that fight. I don't care what anyone says. So clearly Khan, 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 I'm sick of talking about it now. Khan, as well. He winds me up to. In, in the most extreme. You yeah. heard my Highlander but, rant. I'm not going to say anything else. But the thing of Khan is that He's ducking Brook to fight Canelo and Pacquiao. It's not like he's ducking him to fight Tommy Coyle or T- Luke no, Campbell. But, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? I'd love that fight. <laughs> <But> <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I mean, he, he can say he's ducking, but you know, he wants to fight the best. We were talking in the pub earlier. I don't think he. I think he wants the wants most lucrative yeah. opportunity. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. he goes for because most of us, you would think, yeah, I want to test myself against Brook. But the thing is. In a twelve rounder, at some point, Brook will nail Khan, and Brook will not. But would Khan not out. would Brook not be the most lucrative fight? You, yeah, it's high, so much in this country. Well, not, not, compa- not, compared to, not compared to say Canelo or Pacquiao uh, or Pacquiao. So I mean, you've got two of the uh, with, with Floyd's departure, the two biggest, you know, the biggest deals are Canelo and Pacquiao in sport. So, I, I, I sorry, Cal. Let me let me just deliver my point just quickly. Hurry yeah. up. I, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I, I, I. I so I've been really pissed off with Khan for a long time because I, I loved him. I thought he was great. He was so exciting. Paul McCloskey, all, all that sort of shit. Even like even the fight against Paul McCloskey was was exciting in, in some degree, and 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 that was on his way up, and he had to do it. I think he's been so badly bruised by the Prescott knockout, the uh, Maidana twelve round war. Danny that, Garcia. That was Danny, Danny Garcia took just his soul, marmalizing him. That he's thinking, I don't want. I'm not interested in that. 
I'm not interested in, in going down in the annals of, of boxing for being a, a warrior who fought the best. I want to make as much money as I can and get out. And when someone who's interested in, in, in boxing as I am, I'm not interested in those fighters as much as I would be Brooke, take on Ronero Spencer, Bramwell Lane. I said, I mean, I said, after we got knocked out by Canelo, I said on this podcast I, that Brooke, uh, that um, Khan should retire. I agree with you. And uh, I was laughed at on this podcast. He I was, was say. and I didn't but, agree with you at the time, but I do now. Yeah. But I think, think, think Khan, it's, it's all about control. You know, he, yeah. in his mind, he is the A-side. Yeah. And it's like, I think he has an inflated sense of self-worth. Yes. Is he A-side against Brooke? Uh, yes. Well, no. I mean, Brooke has, Brooke has the world title. I think Brooke... Uh, I think himself think Khan is the name that sort of transcends, but uh, Brooke, I think, at this point, certainly is the better fighter. The sad thing is, this fight didn't take place a few years yeah. ago when it should have happened. When Brooke wanted it. Yeah, but well, yeah, Brooke, Brooke, I think Brooke has always wanted it, and I, and I think with I think with Khan, it's, it, I agree with Flav, he is the, one of the most exciting fighters, and I think that I, I personally like him because I think he always brings excitement, but. Uh, it's a travesty the, the book fight hasn't happened when, when they're both in their primes because Khan is on the downward turn now. Go on, Cal, you're desperate. Just about A-side, B-side stuff. It's important to remember that Amir Khan has not fought in England in four years. In the Sheffield Arena against Julio Diaz, he did not sell out that arena that night. It was on Box Nation. He's not a big of fucking stars, you think he thinks But he's also gets gets called to go on this morning when a sex tape gets leaked. Yeah, that's because he's knocking one out. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, no, the <laughs> general <laughs> public, they, they know him. <laughs> the what I'm saying is, so that morning. base is, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's true. Well, if I had a micro penis, <laughs> yeah. I'd end up in, uh, on this morning. <laughs> Fair enough. That isn't, that's nothing. Okay, well, let's, I give me, if I had. Uh, yeah, wonderful. exactly, yeah. Wonderful. Give me, give me very, very quick predictions on, on Garcia Furman, round the table. I, I'm, I'm going Furman um, split. Garcia split. I don't know. So Furman, Furman and points, I think. I, I don't know. I agree with T. Garcia split decision. Did the preview for Boxing Monthly today. Picked Garcia. Round 10 stops him. Ooh. Okay. So Garcia's the body, really. Ooh. So we're going we're gonna to start wrapping up. We're going to have a couple of questions that we had from listeners. I want to I wanna make a very quick note to, to Gavin McDonald that lost his uh, fight against, uh, against Ray Vargas. <laughs> He's not a can. He, uh, there goes... Uh, <laughs> I don't... I don't... If I'm in love with... McDonald's as if I am in Crollo, I'm not. But what I love and what I love about this sport and what I love about sport in general is people with limited talent, limited God-given ability who work their bollocks off to get beat up. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> fine. Why Vargas? But, but and he went there the whole way. I'm and you see, and what actually made me laugh was the fight, the little selfie they had together afterwards of saying, McDonald's face is an absolute mess and Vargas is perfect. But I thought he put up a. I thought for someone with McDonald's ability against someone's obvious ability with Vargas, that's the first time I've seen Vargas really. And a I very, thought um, I thought he put up a great fight. A, a very brief point. Ian John Lewis. Oh, oh fuck! Well, oh, I must fuck. Just defend Ian John Lewis because obviously I scored it 114, 114. No, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I think it's a, it's it's a sensitive thing with Ian John Lewis. I know Ron Lewis at the times, you know, is is a. He's really uh, a big detractor of uh, IJL, as we call him. I think with IJL, the problem with him is that when he's in, in the ring as a referee, you always notice him. You always notice that herky-jerky body language, and sometimes it'll break at the wrong time, and he doesn't have that conviction that you'll have like someone like a Robert Bird who's just fluid in the ring, and you don't have that. And at, at scoring fights, you, you, you think of the Mitchell-Lenaris fight, and, and they're... they're there's a thing with boxing judges where, obviously I've been to the judging seminar with WBC and I've spoken to a lot of judges in depth about this, 
they will look at a fight, and if all three are not in agreement, they know someone has seen the fight wrong. And the other two's cards, which I think 117, whatever, 116, 12, were, were close to what happened. But 114, 114 is, is a very, very poor card. Mm. And uh, certainly, I, wouldn't, I, I don't think he should be judging fights of that nature, because that, that, that fight... He is going on the crowd noise, and you know there's roars of people in from the crowd, and they boo. Some people are booing the decision, but equally, these are people who are not don't know the criteria for judging fights. They they judge their way of judging fights is in the weekend at a pub car park, seeing who prevails. You know they they don't know the criteria, they and they come to see a fight, a and hometown, yeah, McDonald, like you know, I mean, Ricky Burns is the greatest example of someone with. The fundamentals, but gets unbelievable, uh, you know, you know, glory out of his talent. And McDonald, what you look at his God-given gifts to compete, you know, go twelve rounds with Vargas is an achievement. But anyone can see that Vargas has completely schooled him. Even mm. the, the, the the Sky Card, Paul Smith, yep. you know, they will tend to lean a little bit unconsciously mm. to, the, to, mm. to the home fighter. Paul Smith had a you know, landslide for yeah. Vargas, and it was clearly a landslide. So 114-114, you know, he needs to be almost protected for himself, maybe demoted like referees are in football, just taken he's, out of the spotlight. He's, he's up in, in Japan. The yep. Yamanaka fight. Yeah, well, he, he, yes, he, he's, 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 he's a WBC, uh, you know, accredited sort okay. of referee. Mark, can I ask, what, what happens when, um, when, when one judge... Gets. Is there some sort of review? Is there, is a re- there, there is there is a review, and, and then and then and then what is it about demoting, or is it about saying like what 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 happens where where such a weird scorecard comes out? Well, what happens? Uh, I, I interview Hubert Min, obviously head of the WBC judges. What happens if there is a contentious card? What will happen is it will go to I'm not sure if it's five judges or more who are not refereeing the fight, and they will all be shown the tape, and they will look at how they saw it. Now, if they're in agreement, they know the scores of the judges. They will know because the fights happen, but they will look at it in the cold light of day. And if they think the decision was fair, they won't necessarily order a rematch or, or, or there will be no further action. But uh, Mitsuyo Suleiman, head of the WBC, will say, look, this has caused consternation. I want it to go to review. And if it is a bad decision from one or more judges, then you are likely to see uh, a, a rematch. You know? uh, so that's, that's what happens. The, the worst judge by a mile is obviously Robert Hoyle. Uh, he's the guy that had McDonald winning by a landslide against uh, Liborio Solis. Mm. He is always the odd man out, and he always has crazy cards. And I'm, I'm never sure why he gets so many big assignments, but it's just this one guy who is always the odd man out. <laughs> do, you reckon, do you reckon he wakes up and he gets a letter through the post in the morning and looks at him and goes, fucking hell, I've got another job. <laughs> <laughs> like, Look, I'm, I'm going to believe in what I believe, and this is what I want to see in a boxing fight. You get punched in the face a thousand times, but you're still standing. Yeah. It's Hart there. Yeah, I'm yeah, going to give yeah. you a draw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Hart. If I was it, I'd just judge it on whoever I felt was giving the most effort. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd have had a McDonald's four rounds up. I did. I, I don't. And I just thought it was it was worth a mention because uh, not everyone being being domestic level, or European level, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, you could no, be against, against the weaker champion. Vargas looks a special talent against mm. a weaker champion who's maybe won a, a, a fortuitous vacant title. You know, McDonald could out hustle him. Yeah. Unfortunately, he was just drawn against someone. I mean, the, the key point with Vargas was Nacho Berestain, Hall of Fame trainer was with him, was extolling his virtue, saying this kid's going to be big, and he wouldn't be with him if he wasn't a special yeah. fighter. Yeah, it was a massive uh, Yeah, and, and so the, the fact that he was so bullish about the quality of this kid is a, was an indicator of the level that he's at. Sure. 
Let's wrap it up. We have to, I want to just get uh, squeeze in this question from uh, Anon Max. Is it Anon Max or Anon, Anon Zero, Zero Max? Max. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, asking about after the recent leaked picture of Tyson Fury, do we expect him to fight again? Uh, if you've seen this photo, it's him taking a selfie with a guy on, on holiday and he looks, looks like, about what? He looks like he's in a Chinese takeaway. Look like he's eating them. Yeah. yeah. He, <laughs> he looked humongous. Mm. Yeah. Basically, he bought all the food and he's eaten all the food. But it's a career, so. Yeah. Do, I mean, Flash, do you think we'll see him again? I'm in a ring. I'm, I'm so sad that uh, that, that we weren't. I'm, I'm really, really. Uh, it makes it makes me sad. I, I've got I've got issues, massive issues with the travelling community, with the way they treat animals and whatnot, and and I, I have issues with the way they. You're uh, not going on that Sherlock Holmes movie where they eat hedgehogs, are you? No, no, no. no. <laughs> Just the dog fighting and and the uh, and bare knuckle fighting. I think is always so crazy, but. It's a, di- it's, a di- it's a different culture, it is, isn't it? It's, yeah. di- it's, it's imbued in yeah, their and, culture. And, yeah. it's, it's something that's gone for generations. And, and, so. and, as, and, and, and my culture is different for it, so you know, I can have an opinion on it. But 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 sure. but but as a boxer in, in a sport that I love, I think it's the saddest thing in the world because not saddest thing that I don't get to see him box. It's sad that he doesn't get to box again because um, he he would be, in my opinion, the best. Heavyweight in the world, he beat Klitschko, the best, the best heavyweight in the world. Away from home. Away from home, he he would absolutely annihilate Wilder. Wilder, sorry, uh, what Wilder was an embarrassment in his win. Yeah, we had time to discuss that, but it was bad. Yeah, yeah and, and and he and he beats Joshua, and all, all, all for all all of those reasons, um, it, it's it's a crying shame that he isn't. I hope that he, he finds the strength and, and and more crucially the happiness. In, in order to, to get back in the in the gym and, uh, and train again, or if he's happy doing what he's doing, then he has no um, obligation to entertain the people. That's not why he's here. Um, it's only that if boxing gave, gives him some solace in, in the world that, that that he should get back in the gym. Uh, otherwise, if he's happy, then, then carry on. But I, I don't. I'm not sure he is. All Fury wanted to do was to be the undisputed champion. Didn't, didn't care about defending it, just wanted, just wanted to be the undisputed champion. Yeah. He's done that. I don't think he had an interest in being a champion for a long time. And isn't there so. something, there's actually something kind of nice. I quite like that. Yeah. yeah. I'm not playing your game. Exactly. This yeah. is my goal. Yeah. And, and you saw it in the interviews with, on uh, IFL and uh, in Sky and the way he talk, talked about Hearn that, you know, it's not agreeable all of it, but there's something refreshing about it. He did it his own way. And, um, you know, it's. Uh, do you know what? There was one moment where I thought I really liked Tyson Fury is when he showed some. Um, I can't remember, I can't think what the word was, but he thought he was fighting Chisora in their second fight, and he was mm-hmm. badly beating him. Yeah. And, compassion, and compassion, yeah. yeah, exactly. And he, he he's like, he, come on, he was like, let's stop this because I'm yeah. gonna hurt him. Yeah, and he was almost he, he was always standing standing off him a little bit and just throwing the jab because he'd beaten him and Chisora being the warrior that he is. Just kept going forward, and it, there's massive. Forget all these political views and all, all these cultural things yeah. that might upset some people. In the ring, um, fucking brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man. And um, yeah, he still got knocked over by Cunningham. I'm never going to quite forget that. Yeah. There are. The, the only thing I'll quickly say is that um, I think Huey Fury has been quite vocal of the fact that, that we will see him again. That the plan is that, that we will see him again. That plan might not might not come to fruition, but I I, I definitely think there's a there's a there's a there's a part of a wheel there at least. Sorry, Marco. Yeah, I, I think I think we will see him again. Remember, you know, he's a heavyweight, so he can have some tune-up fights. He doesn't have to, you know, he can gradually bring that weight down. He has a great trainer, I think, in Peter Fury. And I think what I love about Tyson Fury is that he has the size and also he can adapt to game plans. Joshua, for all his strength 
at this point is quite robotic, still a work in progress. Whereas someone like uh, Fury, you know, can box southpaw. He has got that clever boxing brain. I, I think we will see him back, and I just hope when we do, he incrementally builds up to a fight with a couple of, uh, you know, marking time bouts beforehand. I hope we see him back because he's a great character. Yeah. And, and you know, he's real. Everything is what he's feeling from the cuff. I don't think he means to upset people, but I think heavyweight boxing is poor without Tyson Fury. I agree. I completely agree. And from the heavyweight of boxing podcasts, that's it. We're going to start wrapping up. Is that what we are? That's what we are, yeah. Amazing. My weight's used to that. Just as a heavyweight. I I, I think we're probably about um, light middle. No, fuck that. We're heavyweight. Come at me. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for downloading. Uh, Follow the Twitter account at below the belt underscore the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash B2B, because that is where you can get to us with your predictions for the Fantasy League. Uh, Again... Champs here, come at me. Let's see if you can do something. Buy Boxing Monthly. Boxing Monthly, go and get it. More this crucially, I know uh, Mark would never say this, but he's one of the one one of the greatest writers. Honestly, I absolutely love your work. I really do. And if you agreed, if you can you can read his work on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but more crucially, uh, in Boxing Monthly, he's, he's a great amazing. article this month on Joe Smith Jr. Fantastic. I mean, I'm actually renting a room to uh, Flav at the moment, and he yeah. will get a discount after yeah. that. <laughs> it's not in blowjobs. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So, like I said, uh, <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, we've got personal accounts at Alex from Bristol. At BC the Grand Slam. Mark, how about you? At, at people that have writing, easy to remember. I don't need the followers. <laughs> you don't, to be Fla- fair. Flav underscore, uh, uh, underscore baby. Felonius from 400. And finally, we're being very kindly hosted by Bull Street. Uh, as well at, at the moment so thank you to them and we'll be back what tomorrow yeah <laughs> I'll, see you. I'll see you cunts next week I love this <laughs> I, love, I love this new energy getting this out more often because I, I prefer to do this podcast than I do the fighting cock which is about Spurs but I love talking about boxing it re- I really do I enjoyed this so much good let's Can't get another one soon parts unknown flab anytime you like let's go see you next time Podcast Network.